Imagine you're being told that going forward you are selected to be a champion for an initiative. And this initiative you really don't have any interest in. How does that make you feel? Even though you have no interest in the initiative, would you accept that champion designation? Now, I guess if your job depended on you accepting it, then you would have no choice. You would accept it. This is the exact same way that others in organization feel that, you know, when they're being forced to be part of an initiative, they don't care much about. That's exactly what's going through their brain. The fact of the matter is you really cannot create champions. You cannot select people and say, you are it, even if they don't have any interest in it. However, you can always discover existing champions and empower them. Now, let's pull back here and talk about who is considered a champion in the workplace anyway. Do you know of a person in your life who incessantly talks about a product they love? Well, that's a champion for that product. They're already talking about it, not getting paid for it. This person, she loves spreading her enthusiasm to anybody and everybody who is willing to listen about her experience with the product. The exact same thing happens in the workplace. From the work side of things, you think of a workplace or employee champion in the same exact manner. This is someone who is already inherently drawn to a specific technology or a process that she feels passionate about. A high-performing, engaged employee that can pass on her enthusiasm for that process, technology, product, whatever, to others. You don't need to create champions at all. In fact, if you try to create champions, you're basically forcing someone to get bought into a process or product or technology, uh, a specific change that you want to see. And on top of that, you're expecting them to spread the excitement to others, the excitement that they don't have. That's not going to happen, as I mentioned earlier. You might get some temporary results where a person does your bidding, tells others unenthusiastically about what you want them to convey but this never really lasts. Now, think of a person within your company who's already enthusiastic about a product or process or technology or whatever that you actually need the champions for. For example, who is that person in your, uh, that everyone in their team or department goes to when they have an issue with, let's say, their SharePoint-based intranet? Do you have a person in mind? Well, that person is your champion. These types of people already exist in every department. The people who have loads of business knowledge and are also good with technology. These are the people who can assess what is currently going on with a certain process and help the company improve it. They almost feel obligated to share their knowledge with others and very enthusiastically (laughs) share that knowledge. They feel like they have to do it. It's always much better to discover these champions than try to create them. When you empower these people, these folks can really help gauge feelings of other employees in their area, their team, and then communicate it to the management. So the management also can make better decisions about specific products and processes and and things that they're working on. Now, you might be asking at this point, what's in it for anybody to become a champion? Why would Susie in accounting want to become the champion of your initiative? This is a very important question to ask yourself. Just because 
they're enthusiastic about certain things, why would they get behind your initiative? Now, true champions do what they do because that's who they are. And I'm going to give you an example. There's a community that Microsoft has created called the Microsoft MVP community. Many people wonder, because there's thousands of MVPs around the world, they wonder how much do these MVPs get paid from Microsoft? Uh, because they're doing so much marketing and public relations and answering questions all the time. And I always have to smile when I hear that question. Because the Microsoft MVP, prog MVP program, which has thousands of members, it does not pay anything. In fact, MVPs actually give their time and energy on a regular basis to help others in the community. They do that because that's who they are, because, not because someone's forcing them to do it. Uh, at the end, if you, if you calculate the time spent as well as the expenses that these MVPs incur on an annual basis to go to Microsoft events, such as the conferences, the MVP summit, it usually comes out to be tens of thousands of dollars that they're actually spending in their time that they're spending and then the actual money that they're paying on a regular annual basis. So why would you do all that unless you really feel compelled to give that time to do so? Well, Microsoft does a great job identifying these people who are already helping others and awarding them the MVP designation. And then the catch is that in order to keep that Microsoft MVP designation, you have to continue doing what you're doing. You can do the same thing in your company. Give these existing champions a voice. Recognize them, honor them, empower them. Provide them the visibility to the leadership. Give them non-monetary perks like influence on the product or process roadmap. All of these things and more like it are the things that motivate and engage these people. That's what's in it for them. That's why they do what they do. So my advice, don't go at it alone. Find these people who care about the same initiatives you care about, who are already passionate in helping others without being told, and then get them on your side and watch the magic happen.